you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Going to the hurry up offense. Hi and hello football fans and I don't know what's happening behind the glass right now. All I can make out is black tie in a Seahawks helmet dancing to and fro. Very strange stuff. Strange times here in Studio 66 as we jump into the hurry up with our pals Chris Wessling and the returning champ Matt Franciscovich. Nice and fresh after five months away. We'll kibitz with them in depth in just a little bit but like we say the hurry up is here and as you can hear Damashek is infirmed, but like Willis Reed in the NBA Finals, that's not going to hold me down. In fact, it might make me even better. I'm an inspirational tale. DDFP presented, as always, by McDonald's. Go get you some all-day breakfast. I need a hot tea for McDonald's. So you're going to end up with four points like Willis Reed did that game. <laughs> that's as much as I can hope for. You know, I try to keep I try to keep my uh, It's all about the tone you're set. Nice and low, you know, like exceed the expectations, but don't tell anybody that you're going to do, you know. Just like it, the show's going to be meh today. And then if it's better than that, I think we'll get extra points for it. All right, let's jump in on it and uh first item is Carlos Williams if you've heard of the Buffalo Bills, has gained a lot of weight. He showed up to uh, OTAs a little chunky there, and uh, and his excuse was, well, I gained weight because my wife is pregnant. How say you on this matter, Chris Wessling? I think it's funny. I mean, let's. it's June. If he shows up to training camp and he's overweight, that's a different story. But this was a funny, funny little anecdote, and you've heard of sympathy pregnancy. This guy's just got sympathy cravings. Heard about it. I've lived it, fella. Franciscovich, how say you? Uh, I mean, I think he's a professional football player, and he should be in shape when his uh, team has organized practices. I'm with Wes. I think that Paul Horning and uh, the late great Artie Donovan would probably say, what? It's summertime. What does it matter what kind of shape I'm in at that point of the year? Also, you are a Steelers fan franchise. And, Correct. Uh, I think Pittsburgh is really ground zero for chunky athletes performing at a high level. Most recently, Phil Kessel with the pie face, almost winning the Conn Smythe. 
Ben Roethlisberger, of course, with his uh, multiple chins, has not re- has not uh, restrained him <laughs> from great deeds on the gridiron, so on and so forth. Jerome Bettis, of course. Oh yeah, Jerome Bettis, yeah. the boss. You're so right. You're so right. I do like though. Uh, Williams's uh, teammate Preston Brown ripped him up on Twitter pretty good, and it was if you haven't checked that out, you should check it out. Yeah, but but in a good natured in a good natured way, and then Williams was like, "Yeah, but I'm still faster than you." So. It is the old it is the old thing, and I know that uh, that Rex Ryan has taken off a significant amount of weight. Brother Rob has not, though. I always do <laughs> wonder what that dynamic is. The greatest example is former Kansas coach Mark Mangino, who was 350 at least. I think. Imagine what do you how do you motivate your players to stay in shape? Like, hey. I don't think you. I don't think you're giving a hundred percent, there, friend. You know, I, I don't think you're committed to the Jayhawks program. Like, hey, coach, it's hard to take you seriously about uh, my fitness when when you uh, look the way you do. All right, let's move on from that though. And Von Miller has now said out loud, "I love the Broncos, my teammates, and everybody else, but I can't see a way that I'm in uniform if they try and tag me to force me to play franchise scale of one to ten. Give me a color of your concern level if you're a Broncos fan right now. I'm pretty concerned, but I think uh, you I didn't think... give me either a number <laughs> or <laughs> a color. All right, all right, all right. Let's go with a six. Let's and go a with color? a six. A color? Yeah. What was the color? Scale race? of one to ten. Give me a color for your concern. Uh, like this you know, is based yellow? on yellow. This is Let's based go on with the, the fact. This is based on the fact that I unironically said that a couple of weeks ago. I, I mixed up my my measurements of concern levels. Yeah, you, you confused me there. I and then I, and then it caught on because uh, that's how things catch on. Dave says something stupid and then uh, and then we run with it. So yes, let's go with yellow. Okay, all right. Now we're on the right track. There we go. Von Miller will be in uniform this year. Yes, I'm going mauve one. <laughs> Zero concerns. He's not sitting out this season, or he's not going to miss time. Come on, this well, is his prime earning years. He's got to go out there and put put this on tape and earn money for next year. Yeah, I agree with that much. But what about the fact that you know recent history suggests that the Super Bowl runner-up, which obviously this year is the Carolina Panthers, that traditionally that team or in the 21st century has a tough go of it the following season to me though with Aqib Tlaib in the quarterback situation and this Von Miller thing and so on and so forth I wonder if the Broncos are in more trouble going into 2016 with the Panthers because the Panthers get back Kelvin Benjamin they did the right thing it would seem Gettleman did in keeping the key pieces, and in fact, enhancing what they have in their uh, in their dominant front seven. There, the one looming thing is the the absence of Josh Norman. But anyway, Wes, who is in more trouble going into 2016, the champs or the runners up? I don't even think this is a controversial statement. The Broncos are in way more trouble, and if only because their division is so much better, it's so much more competitive. You could see any of those four teams making the playoffs. And the Panthers are head and shoulders over every team in the NFC South. Do you see anybody taking a run at the Panthers? No, I don't. Division? I just don't. Franchise. I got to agree with Wes. The Broncos are – they have new quarterbacks. We don't even know who their quarterback's going to be. I know, but is there – I mean, Mark Sanchez, the butt fumbler himself, has had some dark moments in pro football. But this news that uh, Simeon is now – Could be the monkey-esque Trevor Simeon. <laughs> <laughs> Trevor Simeon. 
<laughs> Trevor Simeon, neck and neck with you, Franchise. Better Just pick staring him, up him the, in the eye. <laughs> Sanchez, I'm sorry. Franciscovich is the uh, is the franchise. San- Sanchez is the Sanchise. Last thing real quick before we get into the show proper here. Last uh, show we did earlier in the week with our pal Bald Brian from the Adam Carolla Show. One of our favorite subjects is a- actor redundancies. One of the most famous ones, Keanu Reeves' backstory in both the replacements and Point Break is that he's a a former Ohio State quarterback. These are redundancies that uh, that reveal themselves in movies. Kevin Spacey, the subject of a police sketch artist in both the Usual Suspects and Seven. We got some from uh, from you, the Czech Republic. I want to honor you for dropping us a line, and we ask you to continue doing so. Hashtag actor redundancies. Rock Golf tells us that in WW2 movies, Tom Hanks leads a ragtag bunch in quest involving last remaining sibling, League of Their Own, and Saving Private Ryan. That's an, an intriguing one and a uh, neat connection to make there. One's about girls' baseball. The other one's about war. Joe Freeze drops us a line. Carl Weathers, a.k.a. Apollo Creed, loses an arm in Predator and a hand in Happy Gilmore and his dignity in Rocky, you know? Wow. <laughs> yeah, who knew he lo- would lose limbs? Uh, next up, Tad Pike lets us know Chris Cooper, great character actor, yells, turn him loose in two movies, <laughs> A Time to Kill and Seabiscuit, one that I remembered uh, the other day, or, uh, or or yesterday, I should say, is I can't think of the guy's name, Sonny Langham, I think is his name, who I only know this guy from two movies, one 48 hours, the other one Predator. He's Indian, and he has a giant Rambo kind of knife in both those movies, and he dies holding said knife in both those movies, and his character in both movies is named Billy. It's an interesting, interesting one. If you want to throw any at us, let us know. Drop us a line. Hashtag actor redundancies. I want to keep this ball in the air when Bald Brian gets back here. All right. With that being said, start the show. Yes, hi and hello and welcome to the Dave Damashek football program presented, as I mentioned, by McDonald's. Go get the all-day breakfast. Like I say, I'm drinking a nice hot tea. The other thing I'm drinking is, fellas, and I don't know, this might lead to my demise here at NFL Media. I'm drinking a Fiji water. And I went into, just before we started here, I went into the uh, green room there, the the so-called talent green room, and there was a little fancy kind of metal cooler thing set out on the uh, on the countertop and in it were several of these fancy Fiji waters and being a fancy man I couldn't pass on the opportunity to grab one as I did so and walked down the hall I realized today is the commissioner's awards here at the uh, at the NFL media group when Kamish Goodell himself flies out to the west coast and he presents awards to to those most deserving and apparently because you're sitting in here and everybody behind the glass, Wes and Franciscovich and uh, Black Tie and everybody else. I'm assuming that no one got in your ear and said you really shouldn't be podcasting right now because you want to be there when the awards are being handed out. I think we're all in the clear. No commissioner award for any of us sitting in here right now. However, <laughs> I grabbed this award, but I wonder, did they put these out there? I've only seen them here this day. I think they probably put them out for Kamish Goodell. Does he have a fancy Fiji habit? And did Damashek by grabbing one of these just doom himself? I feel like this is the first salvo in your guerrilla war. <laughs> Once they took away your soup station. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. 
my was, my glorious Dave Damashek soup station was uh, rescinded some time ago because HR had not signed off on this and other employees might be wounded when they saw Dave's face next to the soup and wounded. what about the people who want to who you know who want to have a want to own the chickpea portion of the salad bar what about them <laughs> why why do we have to get caught up in all this corpo red tape just let the soup station stand I, you know what? I've made my case. And uh, anyway, so we have Chris Wessling from the around the. Got to say though, I'm surprised. Uh, Kamish is a is a Fiji guy. Why is that? Evian's a little, little bit better. <laughs> it's water. Black no, it's, tie. No, no, it's not. Black tie. There's a difference. There's a huge difference. Black tie has opinions <laughs> on even dumber matters. It all comes from <laughs> rivers, TD. <laughs> Black tie. So Which, your case is that Evian is better than Fiji. It depends on if it's room temperature. Evian is a much better water. If it's cold, which that was, I assume I would go Fiji over Evian. How does cold make it taste different? Oh, it's a huge difference. <laughs> but in its in its sitting state, in its resting state, yes. without a chill yeah. being put under either one of them, Evian's Evian's better. But if you do chill them both, then Fiji replaces Evian. Well, Evian is flavored water milk. It has that silk to it that is just absolutely... <laughs> what? It hits your tongue. Wait, wait, wait. wait. What? Water-flavored milk? milk? Yeah, exactly. Watered-down milk? Water-flavored. It has the texture of milk, but it's mm. it's water. Let me know when they find a way to to fit the rubber hose taste into water. That, uh, that's what I'm looking for. The, the, the dilute... <laughs> yeah, I do like that. Side, side yard rubber hose on a sunny afternoon? Come on. Nothing better. Yes. Oh, in, the, in the steamy summer days, getting that thing, yeah. letting a little bit run on your forehead and your that's hair and everything. About. Oh, yeah, that's where it's at. Um, yes. There's also a bowl of brown-only M&Ms in that green room. Because there was not. Is that really? thing? Someone picked well, out all the that, other colors? That's just a joke of... Um, I think it was like Guns N' Roses or something back in the day on their rider for all their shows. They had to, in the dressing room, that was like a famous thing on their contract, like only brown M&M's. So some some intern had to sit there and pick through all the other colors. Never get famous franchise. Yeah. All right. I won't, so I won't be. I'd uh, I'd like to give a proper welcome to a to Chris Wessling, Gangbusters stuff, Gangbusters response to Wes's appearances here on the DDFP. Of course, you can read his work at Around the NFL. You can listen to it thrice weekly with his pals uh, Hanzu Sessler, Rosendahl, and beyond on the uh, on the great Around the NFL podcast. And I think you guys are you guys are running segments on uh, YouTube and uh, and so on as well. So. Uh, track down the video segments there i think once uh training camp starts we'll, we'll do that again also uh if you choose to watch rather than listen we appreciate you doing it either way we also appreciate you subscribing and commenting on itunes if you're consuming it visually then uh, you are looking at uh, three fellas sitting here in 66 in earth tone plaid shirts today so that's right drink in that two bearded <laughs> fellas one hairless fella goatee coming in Oh, is that right? Nice. New for 2016. (laughs) Nice. Going with a goat there. Coming up on the show today, I want to talk a little about OJ. We caught up with uh, old pal Ike Taylor to talk about the significance of championships. Wes and I have talked about this, argued about this previously. The L.A. Rams, of course, tonight we are recording this on Thursday. And, uh, of course, along with the NBA Finals Game 6 going on, the uh, on uh, Total Access, you can watch the L.A. Rams. Uh, well, on Total Access, I have a piece airing there, and then it's L.A. Football Night 
on Throwback Thursday. So if you're not a pro basketball enthusiast and wish to keep your eye on pro football, watch me and Maurice Jones-Drew kibitzing about Eric Dickerson, Marcus Allen, so on and so forth. Who is, by the way, just randomly, who's the best uh, California-based running back you've ever seen? I start with you, Chris Wessling. You got you got the juice because he played in SC and then finished with the 49ers. You got Frank Gore up there. You got Marcus Allen. You got Bo. I'm just trying to give them all out there. Eric Dickerson, Wendell Tyler. I honestly think, you know, for for a season or two, you, you go Bo. But he, you know, he's remembered maybe as better than he actually was, whereas Eric Dickerson is kind of – he's given a short shrift on this issue. I think – I he. As far as who I've seen, he's the answer. I, I didn't see OJ play. Boy, I love that. I love that answer. If you've been watching the documentary, they have copious amounts of OJ in his prime. I wrote about that about a year ago, trying to rank the best Super Bowl running back, uh, Super Bowl era running backs. Like you say, Wes, I never saw Jim Brown play, so it's uh, fraudulent and pretentious for me to weigh in about Jim Brown. I did see the Juice play, and I have vague memories of it. But there's enough material out there to go dig up what he did, and statistically. He's beyond reproach. He and Earl Campbell and Eric Dickerson. Probably. You know I love Earl Campbell. Well, those guys, those three names, had a window each of about four or five years of just absolute dominance. And maybe in the 21st century, everybody seems to have caught up with that fact. You know, you just uh, running back is a different position. 15 years is unlikely. Frank Gore is the anomaly to that. Look at it this way. In the late 70s, the two highest paid players in the NFL were Walter Payton and O.J. Simpson. Hmm. You couldn't even conceive of that running backs making more than quarterbacks today. Yeah, and and it and to some degree it has to do with shelf life. But if you look at what the juice did, and I know it's off the point of what he is and what people are learning, myself included, some of the stuff you think you know about OJ, they go into much deeper detail on the great thirty for thirty documentary. I encourage you to to dig that up and uh, and watch it all, boy. Not as it turns out, not a good guy. The one thing, <laughs> the one thing, I mean, much darker than you realize. And what it does do, the documentary that's fascinating about it is. Is, is it kind of lays out for you? It, it doesn't justify it, but it does make you say, oh, "I now at minimum I can see why." If you were ever somebody who thought in the moment back in the mid '90s, if you were lucid and watching the news as America was at the time, why were black people cheering? All right, fine. So you wanted OJ to get off here, but you're cheering this. They lay out for you, do the documentarians in pretty good detail. Yes, this is a victory after many, many, you know, really soul-crushing defeats against uh, people of color, and that's why that was happening, and it also makes the case pretty strongly. I'm not even to the part yet with the trial, and it's pretty clear already. Oh, yeah, OJ clearly did this. I mean, the the, the repeat – I don't want to get into the whole thing, but, I mean, it really is – the, the LAPD continually just kept letting him off. Like, yeah, OJ, OJ did it again last night to to his lady. Like, well, we should really arrest him. But I's ah, OJ is basically what comes through. This that that's he insane. just keeps getting off. This documentary has been so universally praised that Ezra Edelman, the director, is going to be able to write his own ticket to do whatever he wants for the rest of his career now. Yeah, that seems clear because uh, because of the response. The one bad thing about it is is that uh, blowhards like Skip Bayless and Stephen A. Smith are getting another bite at the O.J. was a bad guy apple. Like, I, you know, he, you know what, as it turns out, let me tell you something now. He, he's not a good guy. Like, <laughs> got a, no, no one's making the case to the contrary. I've got a fix for that.
Yes. Never again turn Skip Bayless and Stephen A. Smith on your TV. Oh. <laughs> that's, a, that's, that's a thought starter. <laughs> I, I might give that one a try. All right, so what's next, Black Tie? This is one of our hodgepodge shows. And listen, Czech Republic, we depend on you for feedback, what you like, what you don't like. You've said very strongly, we want an audio-only show. We are doing that in the first part of the week. It's audio-only, and people seem to like that. But keep the feedback coming, good, bad, or otherwise. We like hearing from you. In fact, like I say, we're dependent upon it. So let us know what you like. These Thursday shows, because we do so many video pieces during the week, we have found that we're using a fair amount of those. Access to Ike Taylor, we like to play that back for you so you hear that in case you didn't get to see it earlier in the week. Stuff like that. Yes, Black Tie, what do you want to kibitz about here? Well, next up on the rundown, we have Ike talking about championships. I mean, that's a video piece, but it should work well for audio listeners just as well. Yeah, this is an ongoing thing that we've uh, that we've been talking about here the last couple of weeks. And, you know, we can get... And, and you know really where this started was about a month ago with you, Wes, in studio with Bucky Brooks. And we got into a thing about because I had ranked the quarterbacks. And I think that how many rings you have does at least factor into the discussion. So, all right. So, I talk about that versus other things that uh, that count when you're trying to measure who the best ever is in pro football. Ike Taylor had some thoughts on it. Take a look. Hi and hello, football fans. Dave Damashek here along with two-time Super Bowl champion, Ike Taylor. Ike, you know, they're handing out championships, rings, celebrations, and so on in a couple other sports right now. Let's talk about that. Oh, man, it was wonderful for me. My third year coming into Pittsburgh, we wound up beating the Seattle Seahawks in Detroit. Uh, it was cold. Just that whole week experience was, was fun, Shaq. Uh, flew all my family in for that week. Oh man, we party. I mean, that's and we party. I'm talking about during the week of the Super Bowl. We party like we won already. Who? Who? You and teammates, or you and your family? Me, me and teammates, man. Like during that year, at first we was like, you know what? We just gonna chill. We gonna get sleep. We gonna eat right. We gonna come to practice and we gonna work. Well, obviously, that put us in the six and four hole. Mm. So we said, you know what, man? Let's get back to doing what we do. And what's that? Having fun, competing with each other on and off the field, letting our hair down, and just whatever happens, happens, man. Let's just carry it over. You didn't have, when speaking of letting your hair down, you didn't still have the cornrows at that point, did I you? I did have the cornrows. You did? I did. In hindsight, do you regret that choice? Not at all. No, that looked good. You let good. me learn. <laughs> Don't eyeball me. You know what? I like <laughs> to celebrate too. I I didn't win any Super Bowl championships. But I don't just survive here on the planet Earth. I live, Ike. You I, do. I celebrate I life every day. I expect that. Thank you. I expect that. Um, so, all right. So, so you're out swinging, having a good time, leading up to the Super Bowl. You win your first Super Bowl championship. I'm fascinated by what happens. You know, the, the things that you get. You always hear about you get the ring and no one can ever take away the title from you. But all right. You get to the locker room. You've just won the Super Bowl. What happens? Whew. It's unreal. Is there champagne? It's unreal. Like, it's a moment you can't even describe, Shaq. Like, it's... it's well, try. Other, other, other than having your kid born, that's one of the best feelings ever. 
Who do you go to first? Who did Ike Taylor go to after the Steelers finally got over the hump? My dog went to Troy, man, because Troy and I came in together. Like, came in together. We, you know, we talk about these stories. When I first met Troy, to the point of winning our first Super Bowl at our third year. So it was like, TP, man, we did it, bro. Like, I can't believe we did it in our third year. Like, you got guys in the Hall of Fame who played 15 plus years or 15 years who've never been to the Super Bowl. You got guys who've been to the Super Bowl four or five times who've never been on that winning circle. So I go to Troy like, oh, it's about to be on. And then I go to Chris Hope. I go to B-Mac, I go to the Shea. I'm like, oh yeah, it's about to get popping. And that's on a whole nother level. Is anybody crying? Tears of joy. I don't think nobody crying. The only person I, I could imagine crying was Bussy and Hines. Hines was a crybaby anyway. He just cried. Even when he did good, he <laughs> cried. Like, he was just an emotional guy. I, I respect that. Uh, Bussy, what other way to go out? Win the Super I know, Bowl but did you guys, speaking of that, did you guys, like, all right, we get it. He's from Detroit already. There's some other guys on this team. It was too much love. That's the camaraderie we had for the 2005 season. Like, when I tell y'all, when I, when I tell you that we love each other probably more than we love our family members, it was for real. It got to a point where our family members was one questioning us, two, couldn't understand why we loved each other that much. And you saw it every play, every practice. Even the coaches was like, there's only so much we can tell y'all. Like, we see this bond. Even Mr. Rooney was like, old man Rooney was like, I ain't never seen a bond like this. Like, I done been through a lot of Super Bowls. But this bond y'all got in 2005, this is something different. First of all, I always say you always make the joke that you couldn't catch, but you did catch it in the AFC title game off of Jake Plummer. Then you picked off Matt Hasselbeck. So, all right. So you go out. You you, you don't sleep at all that night. You just go out and get wild. Or are oh. you just all in one place, the whole team? No, you come back in the morning. Oh, I'm talking about 9, 10 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Okay. So that, then you do that. Then what? You fly back to Pittsburgh? Fly back to Pitt. And there's a so, parade. Nope. So... You fly back to Pitt with your family. So you fly back to Pitt, everybody, teammates, family, all fly back to Pitt. Everybody's still uh, from last night, whatever. We're still happy. So you fly back Who to Pitt. Who takes care of the Lombardi? Is somebody oh, aside? Don't lose that. It's passed around. Everybody get a picture with the Lombardi. Everybody on that plane get a picture with that Lombardi. And Coach Kyle was so good with letting family members come to walkthroughs in practice. So that was an experience you could never forget as a family member. Mm -hmm. uh, he kept it loose, and loose was good for us. But at the same time, man, once you land on that plane, you feel it in the air. Like, once I got to Pittsburgh, it's like, the city know we here. Like, you, it's just like everybody in Pittsburgh, just like one big feeling. Like, we won the championship, they know we here. We got the bragging rights. Last thing, <laughs> then you get to go to the White House. The Broncos got to visit Obama recently. You met Bush and Obama. and Obama. What's that experience like? Two different two different guys. President Bush at the time. Look at Ike. There he is Look with Tomlin. President Bush. A young Looks Ike. like you're yelling to Obama. President. No, 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 no. President Bush at the time, when he turned that corner, 
you saw nothing but swag. Man, he turned that corner like, he turned that corner like, y'all know I'm the president. My boots cost about 40K. And I'm about to talk to every single last one of y'all. Like, that's how he turned, that's how he turned the corner. Like, man, do you see all this swag? This man got turned that corner? Like, as soon as he turned the corner, it was like, your jaw dropped. Like, what'd you say to him? Couldn't say nothing. I just said, man, I just, let me get, let me get some of that swag. Do you, what, like, do you call him by his first name or Mr. President or what? I ain't say nothing. I shook no. his hand and was like, yeah, you the man. Like, I see, I, I, to be the president, I see what kind of swag you need. How about Obama? Obama came out, Obama turned that corner like he was figure skating, just gliding. He was just gliding. Like, how you be that smooth? He was just gliding. He was just gliding. So I got opportunity to see two different presidents with two different personalities. When Obama bent the corner, it was like, is he surfing on someone? Is he walking for real? <laughs> like, hey, TP, what he doing? Like, oh yeah, he gliding. Oh yeah, he's smooth. <laughs> this dude smooth as heck. Do you say anything to him? No, I say nothing to none of them. Just, you know, you just, just, hey, rub some of that stuff off. You're a president? Rub it on me. Okay, I'm a president. <laughs> Rub some of that stuff off on me. Ooh, wait a second. Maybe there's a second President Taylor in the U.S. of A's uh, future. I like the sound of that. Short of that, though, I hope all you pro athletes are listening to that because you just heard what you get. You get good times. Good times. You get extra money. You get, uh, you know, you get treated like a king around the town in which you win it. You get to meet the President of the United States. Pretty good deal. Go win you one of those things, everybody. Or two. Yeah, even better. 2-4. There you go. And by the way, back with the uh, Steelers at OTAs this week, coaching up some guys. That's one of those places. Franciscovich, yep. you are a Steelers fan. I am. And you, in fact, even brought your terrible towel, which I admire. Just for, just for you, Dave. For me? Yes. Or for or for all Steelers fans? For, for Steeler Nation. I said this uh, the other day. I, I hate to uh, to go down uh, a side path here, but well, wait. I hate to. No, that's that's all I do. Wait, <laughs> you I, I don't to. hate it. I, <laughs> but I apologize for those who don't like when I do that. But anyway, um, Franciscovich, are the Steelers the most? <laughs> Wes is going to love this statement I'm about to make. I don't say it as a question. I make the statement, but I'm interested to hear your response. The Steelers are the most popular dynasty in American sports history. How say you? No way. Well, who is then? The Yankees. Most popular. People hate the Yankees. What are you talking about? Yeah, but the no more people love the Yankees than hate them. You just hear about the haters. Cause I they, don't think that's true. I think that's true. You think they're – I mean, if you did raw numbers about percentage of people who are like, all right – Thumbs up or thumbs down, the, I definitely don't. The Yankees draw ticket sales in, like, Tampa Bay and other cities. Like, people... Well, the, I don't know that that's the major. So, the, that, you're approaching this true, like an though. approval poll? Yeah, or, I just... We got into a thing about that no one likes, you know, that, that you know, whether it's... We're, we, we're talking LeBron and Sidney Crosby and Peyton Manning, I think, have a similarity if we can go across the three sports, which is that they're all three great. They're all three prodigies. You know, you knew from day one. I mean, there were there were heavy expectations on all three of those names. And while all three of them have won, as it happens, two titles, they all feel a little bit underappreciated 
in the 21st century, that none of them has done enough for, for some people, myself included. I mean, obviously, I've, uh, I've beaten on uh, Peyton pretty good about that. But anyway, the response that I got from others on that is people just hate success. People don't like greatness, and they're jealous of it. But I don't think that's ne- – that's not always true. There are people, like, people like the Jordan Bulls, too. That, this is my thought. If you're going by percentage of fans who actually enjoyed watching and approved of the team – the 90s Bulls, to me, are the are the easy choice here. Okay. All right. I'll, I'll accept that answer. I'm not happy about it. I'd rather you say the Steelers. Well, I, and to franchise. I like the Steelers. I got <laughs> I'm do you? I do. Absolutely. That's one of my favorite franchises in sports history. Ah, I, I right, totally right. respect how they've a- approached the last 40 years. You have something else there, franchise? I'm sticking with the Yankees, but that's you know, I mean, that's me. That's you're me. wrong, and you have a I'm also, towel I'm, over your shoulder. You know, I'm also <laughs> from upstate New York. So what's interesting, Ooh. though, is there is there a, a chance that a team, a new team today, can garner such support? Because I feel like in today's social media age, the hate comes out faster, way faster. I think that's that's a very good point. I think it'd be a lot harder now. I think the instinct to immediately try to undermine, and it comes from a pretentious population of young people which is the which is the new turn on it it was it used to always be that what pokes holes and what's happening now is oh no it wasn't as good as Jim Brown that's my old man you know no matter how good a running back is like oh Jim Brown was better than him like all right, right well now that's so far in the rear view mirror and are you sure about that and by the way we also lionize Guys like Bill Russell, and now I'm thinking about my old man, he lionizes Bill Russell because of the, you know, the 10 titles and so on and so forth. It's like, all right, but there were three other teams in the NBA, or maybe a few more than but that. Shaq, but, I mean, said winning matters, Shaq. But also Celtic, but you also said, the you standard. Said winning matters. Winning matters. Bill Russell was playing against 47 guys who who were about as good as uh, your local playground. Exactly my point when people want to invoke the name Don Hudson, who was dominant back in the 40s or whatever for the Packers. Like, oh, he's playing against me. I was covering him. So (laughs) how impressed am I supposed to be by that? Bill Russell, the fact of the matter is this. The Celtics had to beat, I think, they had to win one playoff round to get to the finals. So, I mean, how, how am I supposed to measure that deed against LeBron or anybody else, what, what they're doing? Well, you could say because there were so few teams that every team was stacked with star players. But that's I, that makes sense if it were the, if there was the same number of people playing basketball in 1965 as there are in 2016, and, of course, that's yeah, for, for the There's exponentially more people playing basketball, right? Yeah. For the first for half sure. of Russell's career, he's playing against rosters that are almost entirely white. Say that again. Black tie was yammering in my ear. Say it on the microphone. I was trying to get you your transition to the next topic. I don't want a professional operation. Let's go. (laughs) I said for the first half of Russell's career, he was playing against rosters that were almost entirely white guys. Yeah, that's that's another point, too. Yes. So, yeah, we we, we apply different standards to these things. But I do want to ask you this. Wes and Franchise, if you have any thoughts. By the way, a terrible host. I said we don't want a pro operation. You know who suffers for that? In part, my guests, because I, I forget to do some things that are rudimentary, like introducing them. Matt Franciscovich back after five months away from NFL media. That's back right. now and just in time to get you ready for fantasy stuff, NFL Fantasy Live. The podcast, the show is coming back sooner rather than later. And in the meantime, NFL.com, find uh, the franchise's great fantasy-based pages and uh, and all the rest of the gang over there doing gangbusters work. But I ask both of you now, Wes, I say, and it's not my only one, so let's not get into the thing of 
Dave thinks only rings matter. Dave's just a ring counter. That's what just comes up. Well, Dave must think Trent Dilfer is better than Dan Marino in that case. No, of course I don't. There are exceptions that prove the rule. But what matters more when you're trying to figure out who the greatest quarterback of the Super Bowl era is? What Legitimately, what is more important than the ring count? I would say the game film. Just raw game film. Yes. Well, that's awful. That's always going to be the answer for any football player. It has to start with the game film. It's that you you understand that I am all for nuance. I am not somebody who's banging a table just to see if I can get attention by saying something outrageous. But I mean, that's so nuanced that it feels unsatisfying because you'll never arrive at a, at an answer. Well, these that. this is what happens because you have these debates in June. Ultimately, there is no answer, so it's just filler. It's not filler, friend. This is what because here's yeah, the bo- how are you going to come up with an answer when you have arrived at a conclusion that Terry Bradshaw is the greatest quarterback of all? See, probably the greatest happened. athlete. Look what's happened. Look at what's had a 38 saved. passer rating. Can't complete more than 50 percent of his. I passes. want this saved, and I want this as evidence the next time this comes up. Franchise, you were here, black tie, tally behind the glass, and everybody else. This is exactly, you see what Wes is doing there? It's diabolical. I didn't say Terry Bradshaw's the best quarterback ever. I never said that. I do think he's underappreciated, though. I do think that a little bit. But I I didn't say he's the best quarterback ever. There's a little bit of hyperbole. (laughs) (laughs) All right, franchise. How say you? Other than rings. Stats or rings? Is, are, are stats more significant to you in evaluating this than, than looking at the ring count? I think stats are more important, yeah. Okay. And I was I was I watch a lot of baseball in the summertime, and the guys on MLB Network the other night were talking about Clayton Kershaw versus Madison Bumgarner. If both their uh, careers ended today, who would be – who would they both go into the Hall of Fame, and would Bumgarner be ahead of Kershaw because he's won – more World Series, Kershaw. It's a fascinating and question. It's, you know, and it's two different things. Yeah. Who goes into the Hall of Fame? Who gets more votes in the Hall of Fame? Kershaw. Who would I rather have on the bump in uh, in October? Clearly, right. Madison. Because Bumgarner. the champion, I mean, I don't think you can argue that the championships get you fame and you know all that stuff, recognition, and you know does. John Buchagras on ESPN says clutch is everything, and in sports, it is everything. I believe the, the whole point is to win the championship. How could anything be more significant than who wins the championship? I believe yeah. in clutch, but is it predictive? It, just because Madison Bumgarner early in his career had more postseason success than Clayton Kershaw, does that mean later in their careers he's going to be the better postseason player? I mean, you're from Interesting Pit- point. You're from Pittsburgh. Barry Bonds was seen as a postseason choker early in his career. Yeah, but you know what? I think, you know what my answer to that is? It's not predictive if you're looking only at the numbers. If you think about it, is a human being, is that in his head? This is my recurring point on that. Do you really think that Tony Romo doesn't think when there's a big game and his team needs a big play that that doesn't run through his head like, oh, I I do, but all it takes is one big play to turn that whole thing around and – I mean, we've seen this with A-Rod, who choked a lot in the postseason, and then, what, a few years ago had a great postseason run. I mean, look at LeBron right now. Early in, his, early in his career, we called him out for not being clutch, and obviously he has some issues against the Mavs, but the man just put up one of the greatest performances in Game 5 against the Warriors, and this has a ton of games like that in the playoffs. Plethora of them. I mean, you know, and like I say, there are exceptions that prove the rule. Everybody doesn't get to play with the same level of talent around them. The best example, LeBron, I mean, LeBron's carried – 
at the first champion, first finals he ever went to. Go back and look at that roster, and that should answer any questions you ever have about LeBron, um, the the bums that he carried there. Same for John Elway. I don't even think, and I say the ring count matters, but the achievements, I guess, in the postseason are what I'm sort of holding up more so than just he got over the hump and he reached the peak of the the football or basketball mountain. But what did you do when when it was clutch time, which is to say in the postseason? And LeBron has – we can diminish the Eastern Conference all we want, but, you know, six straight ain't jive. Getting there, going through those teams is uh, is – beyond reproach in my book. John Elway, go back and look at those 80s teams. He doesn't need the two rings with Terrell Davis to be one of the all-time greats. He carried, unlike Marino, Elway beats Marino because Elway carried atrocious teams to the Super Bowls. They had no business getting to those three Super Bowls with Elway back in the 80s. Last sentence, Ozzie Newsom's father ever said to him on his deathbed, watch out for John Elway. <laughs> is that true it's absolutely true it's in john feinstein's book uh with wow. the ravens oh yeah great uh piece uh wes has up on nfl.com right now if you're looking for some summertime reading father's day gift oh father's day gift as well as it happens um i'm not familiar with books any longer i left those in the 20th century but for <laughs> has a vanity url nfl.com slash books Oh, make sure you check it out. Actually, uh, legitimately great books. I went through some of those choices and have uh, read some of those myself. All right, next up, here's something. Here's another little uh, feature for you. Airing on Total Access on Thursday night, and you can track it down on NFL.com if you want to get a look at this thing. This is another debate that really started this week, and it is. It's exciting for people in L.A. There's now a pro football team after 20 years away, but it does raise a significant conundrum for we fans. Take a look here. Damashek here. Hooray for Hollywood and Los Angeles in general. 21 years after the Rams left, they and the NFL are back and they're bringing a major moral conundrum with them that could shake football fans here in L.A. worse than a 6.0 quake. Now, in broad strokes, you might think not that much has changed since the Rams left town. Consider, in 1995, the year the Rams moved east to the gateway of the west, a lousy Batman movie came out. This year, a lousy Batman movie came out. The Packers had a future Hall of Famer under center, then and now. Michael Jordan was the best basketball player ever, and still is. The words Clinton and President were and are commonly found in the same sentence. The Jets, who just fired head coach Pete Carroll, were still the Jets, and the Browns were still the Browns, struggling to break through with their head coach, Bill Belichick. Which brings me to some of the not-so-subtle changes over the years. Back then, no one knew the next century would belong to Belichick, no one knew what the tuck rule was, and nobody outside of Tom Brady's family knew Tom Brady. The Jags and Panthers were so new, they were more like kittens, the Bucks were orange, and the Texans didn't even exist. The team in Houston was the Oilers, coached by future LA Rams coach Jeff Fisher, whose future number one pick was a one-year-old in the Bay Area on his way to becoming a Niners fan. But now Jared Goff has joined the inordinate number of transplants from other parts of football America. Now, he's got millions of reasons to change his loyalties, but what about the rest of us who brought pre-existing rooting interests with us to LA? including my black and gold self. Even born and bred Angelinos who've since gravitated to another team face this moral conundrum. Certainly, we're not going to abandon those teams, right? But what about the children? Yes, what about the children? Is it fair to expect your pigskin-loving progeny to care about your team, even if that team is 3,000 miles away? Before you answer, it doesn't matter what you answer. 
Your kids are going to like the local NFL team whether you like it or not. See, it's the proximity principle. People are attracted to whomever or whatever pro team is closest. It isn't an intellectual choice. It's one made with the heart and gut. And believe it or not, a year or five from now, when the Rams are in the midst of making a title run, you just might have a change of heart too. Don't believe me, though. It's the far factor. If Vikings fans could root for that scruffy guy from Green Bay when he landed in their backyard, anything is possible. As for me, I'll just be happy if the Rams wear the right uniforms. What can I save, Dave? You've done it again. All right, fellas, what do you guys think now? We're all obviously living in L.A. You have a terrible towel uh, strewn across your right shoulder franchise. Yep. Wes, you are in a more distinct spot, which is you're from the – what is it? The Ohio Valley? Is that what you call sure, it? Sure, yeah. The Kentucky you – know, con- uh, the Ohio-Kentucky border? We call it the tri-state area. Have you ever answered me – I don't know if I've asked you about this before, Wes – where do you come down on the fact that Ohio as a state has very little, if anything, going for it? And the only thing that it ever did have going for it, the only reason it's relevant is because the Ohio River allowed for commerce, and that's what that helped establish cities and, uh, and industry. But for the record, where does the Ohio River form? It forms in Pittsburgh, PA, That's when the Monongahela and the Allegheny converge. Why did you get to name the dumb river? It's our river. It should be the Lemieux River or oh. the Steel Curtain River, the Mean Joe River. It shouldn't be no Ohio River, I'll tell you that much. I believe in the Cincinnati area, most of the river belongs to Kentucky anyway. Mm-hmm. Also, the airport is in Kentucky. <laughs> I delivered mail when I was living in Cincinnati in Kentucky. I mean, it's, it's basically northern Kentucky, you know, and south Eastern Indiana. I don't think I knew. That's why they call you the mailman, eh? Because you delivered, delivered mail, mail for two years. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Congratulations. Uh, I my answer is I don't live in Ohio. I moved out of there for a reason. All right. It's not that great of a place, but I will defend Cincinnati as a city. I like it too. I'm just making when jokes, but... when I moved in 2006, there was not much to speak of in a positive light. It was behind the times. Uh, it was very provincial, very navel gazing. And then the last 10 years, they've really built it up. It's a lot neater city. I, You know what? I, I, I crack wise for football reasons. I, I You know, listen, I, I, I happen to sit on the right side of that border literally and figuratively, or at least I grew up on, the, on that right side there. Of course, Steel, it must be awfully frustrating. Canton is there, kind, not really in between, but it, it must just torment Browns fans that they're so close to Pittsburgh. And there's so many players that choose between Ohio State and Pitt and Penn State, or 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 used to at least. And that that two-hour drive, you have six trophies on one side and, and shame on the other. The Bengals, <laughs> the Bengals sort of fit that too. But you abandoned. You were so raw about what the Bengals did to your heart and gut over the years that you abandoned them, Wes. So it brings me to this: Will you embrace the LA Rams? Well, I I've sort of. I'm a little twisted on this because I've used them as comedic fodder for the past few years on our podcast. They go seven and nine every year. They've never tried to get a quarterback. They're kind of a boring team, but now they have gone out and gotten a quarterback. They have Todd Gurley. They have Aaron Donald, two of the best players at their positions in the NFL. So I'll probably enjoy watching them. They won't become my team, so to speak, but I will enjoy watching them. All right. So so no chance that you might get sucked in because, as I mentioned, the proximity principle says that the greatest key to attraction 
is how close you are to another human being. And I think we can extend that to say that the same is true for your local sports team. You get caught up in it. You want to be a part of it. Let's go out. Oh, are you going to go out? We're in the playoffs. Let's go out and watch it together and all that sort of stuff. Franchise, you're a Steelers fan. Yep. I'm a Steelers fan, but I'm I'll, I'm going to root for the Rams, I think. I'm going to root for the Rams. I mean, Give me not, the terrible I'm not going to be a Rams. <laughs> I'll, I'll put listen, the terrible listen, You don't need I'm the not terrible gonna, towel anymore. I'm not going to be a Rams fan, okay? Well, you just said you're going to I'm going to get – I'm I'm likely to – I'm, you know, easily uh, affected by trends and whatnot. I'll get, uh-huh. I'll get caught up in the local hype. I know your beard already told me that. I will, uh, <laughs> hey, you have a beard Wait. too. <laughs> You can't. You're a hypocrite. <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> yes, hipster hypocrite. But look, listen, like I'll, I used to live in upstate New York, Yankees fan all my life. Moved to LA three years ago, and I I got a root for the Dodgers. But I'm still a Yankees fan. But I, you know, you you got to follow the local team. It's hard. I mean, it's difficult not to. I don't. I don't know what to make of this. I mean, at least in both cases that you just cited, at least they're not in the same league or conference. But right, ALNL. You know, if it's cool to have two teams, West, there's an, well, there's an X factor. Well, I the two teams thing. It's hard for me. It's like marriage. I'm a monogamous person. It's hard for me to have two teams. But there's an X factor in this fandom. I don't consider myself yet an Angelino. Hmm. I don't identify myself as an LA person. Yeah. So until that happens, I probably won't identify as an. Have LA you person. been drawn in by Dodgers success, or are you still a Red Legs guy through and through? Oh, I'll always be a Red Legs guy. The Dodgers I've always loved because of Vin Scully. Yeah, I just like watching their games and taking them in. But the Reds are the only team in the majors that matter to me. Well, the people I'm most concerned about in, uh, you know, think uh, globally, act locally. The people I'm most concerned with this are the people behind the glass. Sully roots. He's from Texas, but he roots for the Seahawks Seahawks, and the Volunteers. He's all over the place. He roots for the New Jersey Devils. It's shameful. Black tie also took on the Seahawks. Black Tie, you have no reason to root for the Seahawks except that you're a front runner. Are you going to switch to the Rams? Uh, true. I mean, Chris <laughs> Wesley knows my history with that team. I was I was a big goes fan back, of Russell. It goes back at least two years. It goes back yes, like three years. Like big fan of Russell. They traded for my boy Jimmy Graham. I worked with Pete Carroll before. Those are my guys. All right, so you're not going to you're not going to get off the Seahawks uh, bandwagon. I'm, I'm rolling with them. Those are my guys. I'm not right. I'm not I'm not Sully. Hear, I'm not Sully, but I don't yeah. want to hear from you about the Rams and Oh, not at all. Not at all. No, and a golf. I'm not a big fan of Jared Goff. I don't love his body language. I, uh, I also. I oh, really? Wentz. This yes. show it's is now a language. show of record for several cases that are pending, and uh, the, <laughs> the West v. Damashek. I think uh, <laughs> that is one case that uh, we've added some evidence to, and now this one, Black Tie. I don't want to see you go against this. Not for my sake, for your sake. For your integrity as a man, you understand. <laughs> Boring team. I need some excitement. Speaking of uh, of uh, you know integrity and so on, there's no one. Oh. oh, there it is. Surprise game show time, guys. This is usually Ryan Bartlett, but uh, you got me today because Ryan Bartlett is handling some uh, some important business. So today's all right game show topic. I hope it won't impact the quality of the question you throw out. Oh, not at all. This is a great one. It came from our main man, the, the heartthrob Ryan Hart, and he wants to know. How many t- top 20 fantasy players in 2015 can you name non-quarterbacks? No yeah. quarterback. No quarterback. Well, this isn't fair. We have the you know, franchise in here. Yep. Franciscovich's life's work is fantasy football. This is, this I didn't is, even play last year. So nonsense. All right, is, I'll guys. play ball. Top, the top 20 guys. You I'll play your game. How many Pressure's can you name? Here. Are you guys ready? Because here top comes the music. Top 20 non-QB I'll, score. How do we do this? Exactly. We, we all write our own lists? Or no, no, oh, no, no, no. We go, we go, we go one by one. Uh, around the table. An answer. Once you miss, you're out. 
I don't so, know why we would why I would be so generous here, but last uh, man stand. Hold on, and you guys are ready because I keep a tight clock on this, guys. You keep a tight clock. Let's go. All right, do do whatever you're gonna do, Francis Franciscovich. You're ten seconds. Ten. All right, can I please set, go? I'll speak with him. Go ahead, franchise. I'm gonna go Rob Gronkowski first. All right. No Gronk. All right, go ahead. Wes. Antonio Brown. Oh yeah, that's a good one. I will go with Adrian Peterson. What's happening? Oh my goodness, you scared me. I didn't think it was uh, possible. Franchise, how say you? I'm gonna go um, Doug Martin. Ah, that's a good one. Wes. Julio Jones. I'll go Todd Gurley. Oh no! Oh, got scared. Stop waiting. No, you don't have to wait that extra half second to hit the ding. Franchise, it's to you. All right, uh, Odell Beckham. Dang, I had that one written down. So did I. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Oh yeah, he has to be in there. All right, I mean I'm out now. I don't have any. I don't know where else to go. <laughs> you don't have any more. Wow. I really do get. I really listen. I get nerves, and then uh, I'm really not good under in the clutch with these. I get a lot of tweets, too, like, oh, I would kill you and Wes in the total Four. game. Well, I'm not ready. To, I'm, 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 I'm telling a story right no, now. No, you thing. can't. This is, <laughs> what do you mean I can't? Brandon Marshall. <laughs> Brandon Marshall, I said. That's a good one. Am I up? I'm telling you, Ten people. Seconds, you think you – you think you can do this Al- when, when you hear that music playing and you're Alan Robinson? Gun, you you forget a lot. All right. West. Uh, AJ Green. Hmm. So it's to me now. <laughs> it's my turn to go. Yep. We have eight I, more. I, I, I'm interested to know. Seven my, seconds. Whose turn is it? You didn't even. Your tell turn. Me. Oh, it's my turn. All right. Six. Here comes the music. Full. Three. Two. Demarius Thomas? Top 20? Ah! <laughs> right. down the franchise. That's my the earliest man. exit from uh, from this game. I'm ashamed. I lost uh, earlier in the week, too. <laughs> I think I think this is now a fun new turn. Franchise and West, you have to look each other in the eyes for the rest of the way here. Franchise. I'm going to make a new rule here. All right, who's up? Me? Yes, you, you are. Thomas Rawls. Really? Ooh, I don't no know way. about that one. Oh, what? Wes can win it if he can provide a correct answer here. Devontae Freeman. Oh, my God. Ah, Wes. Number two on man. the list. Devontae Number Freeman. two? Yes. The names we uh, we forgot because we got over seven. Uh, D'Angelo Williams was one. Doug wow. Baldwin was one. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. D'Angelo Williams. That's correct. He was number 10. Doug Baldwin was number 11. Oh, yeah. Lamar Miller was 14. David wow. Johnson, 16. Eric Decker, 17. Chris Ivory, 18. 19. Larry Fitz, and where are 20. You, where, are you, Chris, where are you pulling Matt this Forte. information from? Ivory. Let the record show I had Decker and David Johnson still left on my paper. <laughs> well done, Chris. Oh, was Woodhead on there? No, Danny. Danny. no, he wasn't top no. 20? Hmm. Non-quarterbacks, guys. Remember, non-quarterbacks. 
Yeah, yeah. I remembered that. Woodhead, Woodhead is a running back. <laughs> <laughs> no, D'Angelo Williams. Well, I'm just thinking for people Tenth thinking overall. who's – Yeah, how, how are these guys so high? Because, yeah, the quarterback. That was not. Danny Woodhead's body language, TD. <laughs> that was a tough I'm a big part. Danny guy, though. Like As I was well, saying before the surprise game show began, when we talk about integrity, no one has more of that than our pal Ike Taylor. You heard from him earlier. Now, though, let's transcend the game of football to the much more important game, the game called Life with the latest installment of Dear Ike. Hi and hello and welcome to another edition of Dear Ike along with Ike Taylor. Yeah, former football player, but perhaps even better at the game of life. Ike Taylor, we have another question for you. This one comes from another football player, Ross Tucker. Take it away, Ross. Dear Ike. My wife and I currently have two girls, ages four and three, and I wouldn't mind having one more child. My wife at this point is not interested. Should I resign to the fact that we will only have two children at this point, or should I continue to push the envelope? And if I do push the envelope, what's the best way, in your opinion, to try to get that done? Push the envelope sounds like code for something. I don't know why I'm stroking my beard, because you're the one who has to answer it, dear Ike. Ross, don't push the envelope. The woman said she good with two. That means she's good with two. I can understand you probably coming from a big family and you want a lot of siblings, a lot of children. I get all that. But at the same time, this is how we look at females in the locker room. You got two weddings you have to pay for. And we got scholarships we have to pay for. So college, two weddings. I agree with the wife. Usually I'm on the male side, but for this instance, for your sake, you might be mad at me now, but 16 years from here, you can be like, you know what? You was dead right, because these two weddings are costing me. I mean, that was pretty good. Yeah, I think that was good. Like, So instead of pushing the envelope, take that one that you've already made out to the stork and rip it up. Don't, we don't, no, thank you. Don't, don't push it. Just leave it, leave it on the table. Thank you, dear. Leave the Ike. envelope on the table. Yep. So there was Dear Ike's uh, esteemed opinion on the subject. Wes, how say you on baby making? Well, I would. I think I find it interesting that the multi-million-dollar athlete is worried about paying for weddings. That He's worried about yeah. the financial angle. I would not. You know, I'm not trying to ingratiate myself to women here, but I think when she's the one carrying the baby, I think her her voice matters a lot more. I think you raise an interesting point. If men were the ones who had to make the babies, I, I legitimately feel the human population would be about a tenth <laughs> the size it is currently. Hey, no boozing, no anything else for 10 months. Like, all right, well, maybe, maybe you could get some guys to be like, all right, I'll do it one time, but that's it. I'm, I'm not I'm not going boozeless for 10 months. Come on, get get your head right. Franchise. It's a long time. I'm, I agree. I think it should be up to uh, the one creating the actual baby. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, but uh, so, and in fact, you line up uh, nicely there with Dear Ike, Ross Tucker. Thank you for the question there. And if you'd like to submit a question to Dear Ike, send us along a video, make it nice and short, and uh, and we'll try to get to it. You'll join the likes of Keenan Allen and Deshaun Golson and uh, Cardell Jones and who else? Black. That we've had a lot of uh, high-profile NFLers weigh in uh, and get uh, get some keen thoughts from Ike Taylor. And speaking of keen thoughts. Uh, 
uh, we got some here for you. I apologize. Bear with us here for a second. Game of Thrones, we wrap up uh, our shows during the Game of Thrones seasons by kibitzing a little bit about it. In the early part of the week, we do our Game of Thrones review. Me, Maurice Jones-Drew, and Handsome Hank weighed in 15 full minutes. We encourage you, Nate Demand, track that down on YouTube or NFL.com and see the review. Good stuff there. But now it's time to look ahead from a fantasy perspective. We have our fantasy league here, Game of Thrones. Damashek doing well. Jon Snow. Spoiler alert. Spoiler just, just let people know. Spoiler alert. If you don't want to I be spoiled. Said, I just told you. I just said they're doing well. Just, without, do you watch the show, franchise? Yes, I do. Yeah? Yes. Do you think I'm well positioned with Jon Snow? Is he? Who, who else you got? And what are the, what's the basis here? Is it who dies? Yeah, what about rules here? Kills, you kills. get points for kills. You get making of love. You know, things the rules like are on the screen right now. Jones. Oh, okay. They're the oh, I didn't know we were going to see these. There you yeah. go. There's your answer. Franchise form your own league if you're listening. Wow. Or viewing at home here might be a little too late in this season, but uh, yeah, we had Jeff Schwartz on of the Lions Kibitz in Game of Thrones last week. You can dig that one up. And as you can see, handsome Hank rules Westeros right now. Dang. Much controversy. Thirty total points thus far. Damashek way down there near the bottom. Only Ike Taylor, who's never seen the show, <laughs> trails Damashek right now. But I figure I'm going to make a lot of hay thanks to Jon Snow. I also have Dario, who's Daenerys' fella. He's going to make his love on her, then he's going to lay waste <laughs> to a bunch of other people. Wow. You think so? I think so. I think there's going to be a lot of deaths coming Did up. we all watch? Wes, you don't watch, the, right? I have watched every episode through the first couple of episodes of this season. Oh, you have. But this season has put me to sleep. I'm oh, going to give it oh, one more what? chance. Oh, no. It's, this it's, has been it's the ex- best. It's been accelerated. It's oh, literally man, you put gotta... me to sleep. Episode oh. three and four of this season have put me to oh. sleep six or seven times. Uh, you know what I want to say, Black Tie? Write this one down, too. Before next season, let's do a really proper fantasy league. It's now just six teams in this one for next year. Let's blow it out. Yeah, teams. and just to back up West, this start, the season started, I actually think the season started off right, but this last episode was just, ugh, was rough. Rough how? It was rough. They went full super cheesy superhero movie. Got 37 storylines the they're bit. trying to keep track of. It is very. Well, it just is give very. me Dene- so uh, what's her name? Right the now. blonde chick with the dragons. The Dene- Dene- dragons. Dene- well, we were talking about that. I think it all boils down to, forget whatever the Iron Islands, those people. I mean, yeah, give me Deon a break Grey with the Iron Joy. Islands. <laughs> whatever is happening in Marine, forget that. I mean, not, no, what, no. not the forming of the armies, but all that really matters yeah. is it all comes back around to the Stark House, yeah. The uh, the uh, what's the one that uh, they live? The Landing King's Landing, Lannisters, Lannisters. yeah, Lannisters, and then, <laughs> and then the Targaryens. Those yeah. are the only three that matter. Yeah, and one of them wins the crown. The only thing I'm worried about is, and I said this uh, earlier, this better not all be a big setup so that they all join forces and then fight the White Walkers. That'll be unsatisfying. I don't need another story after all this time I've devoted to like, see when 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 pushed. To the edge, humanity wins out. I don't. I don't want that. I want one of these houses That's to win. Lose the White Walkers immediately, if not sooner. I don't really get into monsters and goblins and stuff. Well, the, the <laughs> yeah. dragons just are just give me kill some real humans, walkers. you know. And do we agree that you can't have Daenerys win because she's the Christ figure? She has everything in her favor, so it would be too easy. She has three dragons. She has the biggest army, and she's magic herself. It would be uns- it's, as I always say. It's like rooting for the Yankees to win or for Superman to win. They're supposed to win. That wouldn't be any fun. It's I and so it's the imp 
or it is Jon Snow or Arya, who I think isn't sits the, in the in the in the throne. Isn't the imp widely recognized as the best character on the show? I think so. Yeah, people I think like so. him, yeah, but because he's a Jon Snow. Yeah, but he's a he's a Lannister, and so I don't think ultimately they can give it to the Lannister. Or right? is he? He drinks and he knows things. What more do you want? Exactly. I, and, Great lines. And, and his uh, diminutive stature has not stood in the way of him making all kinds of time. That's you right. Know? He's <laughs> a champion for all regular yes, fellas is. out there. He's a halfman. All right. Let's hear from. Speaking of diminutive fellas, he's a giant in the world of indus- <laughs> in the world of so the fantasy industry. All right. I crack my wise. It is uh, time for the <laughs> Fantasy Hall of Famer himself, Michael Fabiano, with the best plays in Game of Thrones this week. Hey guys, it's time for your fantasy look at the upcoming week of Game of Thrones, Episode 9, titled Battle of the Bastards. I mean, the title sort of gives it away, right? Jon Snow and Ramsay Bolton, they're going to duke it out for the rights to rule Winterfell, making both must-starts. Now, if a winner's determined, you'll also get extra points for one of the characters taking over the North. I would have to side with Snow here, though I'm not sure either will actually die. I mean, will the writers really want to kill off Snow again? And if one of them does take a fatal blow, I think it's Ramsay. I mean, this guy makes Joffrey Lannister look like an altar boy, and his death would be very satisfying for the fans. I'd also start Tormund Giant's Bane. He's proven to be a killing machine for the Wildlings, and he's got a lot to fight for. Remember, he's been important to the alliance between Jon Snow and the Free Folk. I also like 1-1. One, one. I mean, this dude is huge. Why would you start a giant who's at least 14 feet tall? He's got the strength of like 12 men. And that is going to make him an absolute must start this week. I mean, if you sit 1-1, one, one, it's kind of like sitting Cam Newton on your fantasy football team, right? If you want a sleeper, well, I'd go with the Knights of the Vale. I can see them swooping in in the last minute and helping Jon Snow win this battle. This week should be a lot of fun, guys. Good luck. You know what? Keen analysis, although a little bit of cherry picking, I think he concedes as much does Fabiano that, of course, one one is a good start. You know, like to suggest that he's a falls in line with his fantasy football. (laughs) (laughs) Wrestling from the top rope. Um, Yeah. Fabiano. Well, one one. Well, we see even in the preview that one one is uh, is getting into it in the battlefield. So, of course, what do we think? Do we think Ramsey dies? I mean, I think it would be very funny if Jon Snow died. If they bring him back from the dead and then they kill him a few episodes I later. can't – you know how writers work. I can't imagine writers doing that. Well, that's what y'all – it's easy in this show to get sucked into the fact that this isn't a historical document. This is writers sitting there and coming up with it. So when you see the Hound come back, there's a reason the Hound is – they didn't just decide to summon him back oh, to no. watch him go Draymond Green with an axe in somebody's crotch <laughs> in the last episode. They – they you know, there's a, there's a higher purpose here. Yeah. So as far as that goes, I think that those, you know, we're meeting these people for a reason. And I if Ramsey I, – I, I'm with Fabs. Not that Jon Snow can't go, but Ramsey, again, if you're the writer, don't you want to keep Ramsey in the mix there? He's diabolical after No, nah, he's too uh, cartoonishly diabolical. Yeah. He needs a little nuance to his character. They should have a different bad guy. All right. Well, I don't know who is going to emerge as that because – White Walkers. Oh, well, I guess that's true. Yeah. And in the lines of Blurred, I do uh, give a uh, tip of the hat to the writers that they've now humanized the Lannisters. We now like Jamie and Cersei in spite of the fact that they're brother and sister doing unspeakable things oh, on each speak other. Speak for yourself there. And yet we've learned Ned Stark. You like that. I don't. <laughs> no. In oh, terms I thought you were <laughs> In terms of. Speak <laughs> for yourself where I come from in upstate New York. All right. Winters are cold and long. You don't know what happens. 
Oh, you Sometimes like you it. can't leave the house for like three, four days, you know, so all of a sudden it does get cold. <laughs> all right. I'm glad you clarified that. I was concerned. I mentioned the little game, and uh, one of the great citizens in the Czech Republic is uh, Los Real Ali, and he does great photoshops for us. When I just mention one off the cuff in my uh, Twitter inbox, I find the next day some of his stuff. I suggested a turn on the old Where's Waldo game. <laughs> Where's Waldo Frey? And sure enough, he sent one to us. Again, you can see this on YouTube, or I'll tweet it out here. Somewhere in a picture, we're looking at a picture of a of a uh, some sort of a carnival, and within that picture lies Walder Frey. Can we see him? I can't see him. Do you see him, fellas? No. I don't know what a Walder Frey is. Walder Frey's <laughs> the guy who was at the red wedding. He's like, I'll find another. Oh. Yeah, he's the one with all like the was that the young most wives. upsetting thing you've ever seen in your life in, in TV? No. I mean, was, it was it was upsetting, but I would not rank. That wasn't the worst script thing in scripted television history to you. What was uh, worse? I mean, any episode of the Kardashians. Well, this is well, scripted. Yeah, that's, <laughs> I thought you said the most upsetting thing. To I know. Well, no, no, scripted, <laughs> scripted, fictional TV. Let's leave out reality. Any appearance can... by goblins, monsters, and White Walkers. Ah, uh, here times. he goes. And now you're even watching it, and yet you're still diminishing the fun of uh, of dragons. <laughs> Sorry, West, you're West is I'm slowly asking. turning. He used an emoji. The other I know, he doesn't on want Twitter. I'm, I'm on the emoji. West doesn't want. Nice. <laughs> I used to use the helicopter for every situation. Now I'm branching out. Yeah, helicopter <laughs> franchise. Did you spot Walder Frey? I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. Couldn't see him either. Did There's you? A, black tie. Nope. All right. Small play along. Yes. I'll tweet it out for you, and uh, and we'll see that in the meantime. Uh, Matt Franciscovich, the franchise. Give your Twitter handle. Uh, at Matt Franchise. Matt Franchise. Track him down. We're into June, and the, the fantasy draft will be here before you know it. That's so right. start uh, following him sooner rather than later. The great work at NFL.com. Chris Wessling, NFL.com, around the NFL. Track down his great pages, including his Father's Day book suggestions, good summertime reading, around the NFL, thrice weekly, all your football news in audio and always delivered with a bit of mirth there. And their pages, anything that's going on in pro football, these fellows are kibitzing about it. Track that down and uh, everybody behind the glass, Ross Tucker, Ike Taylor, so on and so forth. Good times here this week. We'll be back on the other side of the weekend to keep on kibitzing about pro football Game of Thrones and the game called Life. I made it through without my voice. I just right at the end go Peter Parker. Or not Peter Parker, Peter Brady. That's a story <laughs> for another time. It's been a thin slice of heaven. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Getting ready to take on spring? 
Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.